Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. going on ladies and gentlemen you are listening to nickish we are live right now on sportscaster and we're here to give our takes on the defeat of the celtics today by the knicks by 30 points 105 75 here with my partner nafi what's going on man how you feeling this morning or afternoon now feeling good bro i mean headlines are right there we put the exclamation mark because you know that gets the people going this game had us going you know what i mean yo quickly i mean Quickly got to start, bro. I mean, that's that's my first takeaway from this game. But uh, before we get into that, how you doing? I'm good. How you feeling? I think this is a perfect way to cap off, you know, this week or start of the week Sunday, um, with the with the Knicks win and shit. And it, it's coming at the hands of a really good Eastern team in our division. And it's always it's a, it's always a good feeling when you can beat Boston. And I think this is the only game that we face off against them this season. I don't think we're gonna see them again. Is that true? I figured, I, I thought it was like we see our division rivals like more often than not. No? I don't think we're going to see Brooklyn again either. I, I don't know. That, I, that might, that be, I might be tripping, but I did look at it this morning. Let me. Because uh, I, I remember some other like Knicks content creators uh, mentioning before um, the season started that like it would be a brutal season just because like we're in the Atlantic division. It's stacked and like a lot of our games are going to be um against them. You know what I mean? I mean, but, yeah, that'd be typical, but I'm looking at it right now. We got. We have Chicago twice, back-to-back Miami, back-to-back twice. And we see Golden State two times, but we don't see Brooklyn anymore. We don't see Boston anymore. Like the rest of the season? The rest of the season, all the way till March 2nd. We have, a bunch, again, of, we have a bunch of West games, and then only the only East teams I'm seeing are Orlando, one, and then Cleveland again, and then Chicago twice, Miami twice, and then Washington, Atlanta, Orlando, and then Indiana, and then Detroit. That's it. But then isn't that like design, though? Because that would be like the first half. Remember, like, there's going to be like a first half of the season, and I think it's going to be a break, and then they reveal like the second half of the season schedule. I'm looking I'm looking straight to March 2nd. I'm assuming that's the end of the season. That can't be 82 games. Like, March 70, 2nd, really? 72 games. We're, uh, We're I mean, yeah, games. it doesn't It doesn't look like it adds up to it. Um, yeah, I don't know, because I'm thinking that's just like the first half, and then. I could be wrong, or I could have just hallucinated all of that. How like the NBA said they're going to release the sec release or release the second half schedule. You could um, be right. Yeah, I don't think this. I don't yeah. think this adds up to seventy two. Um, regardless though, I'm just kind of switch back, switch gears. That was a good ass fucking fucking win, bro. Like, uh, not to like um scare our listeners with some vulgarity, but thirty points against the Celtics. A lot of people are going to point out that Tatum didn't play. Kemba was just coming back from his uh. I don't know how long he's been out. Like the whole season, right? This is like yeah. one of his first games yeah, back. Yeah, he like was that, out but... for some of the lockout game, uh, the bubble games too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with all that being said, a lot of people even going in with all these factors would have had the Celtics beating us. You know what I mean? Or at least I was pulling out like a, a victory, like the, by one or two points, something like that, a few points. But we it was a wire to wire win. You know what I mean? And um, I want to hear your first takeaways. I guess like keep uh, three big things that you saw from this win. That it is thirty point kind of a spanking we put on the Eastern Conference uh, favorites. I mean, especially coming off five straight losses, and that Cleveland game was so bad to to lose, and for the Knicks to snap that with a 
by winning basically coast to coast against the against the Celtics. That's something that we never really see uh, the Knicks doing. We haven't seen it in a really long time. Uh, so it's definitely fucking awesome to see that. Um, that's one. Uh, the other one is, you, you mentioned it earlier, Emmanuel quickly in 21 minutes dropped 17 points, 8 assists, mm. only 2 turnovers, 2 for 4 from the 3. This this kid is unbelievable and has so much potential. And the poise, I think, is the scariest part of all. Um, I Is think it poise or poise? Poise. What did I say? <laughs> poise. 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 <laughs> the poise of the kid. Because it, it looked like he was putting up this performance for one guy and one guy only. And I think that's Tibbs. Um, mm. And, you know, we've been hearing for a couple of days now that he's not ready to start. That's still going to be Alfred. But he showed him up. And floater after floater, dime after dime. And... He's still picking up fouls um, against the opposing team. Is picking up fouls when he has the ball, and he just looks like really in control of the game. So IQ is has reached another level, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do after that. And it's 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 great seeing our other rookie, our main rookie, coming in was Obi Toppin. Him playing, you know, as many minutes as we've seen in a really long time since you know he was away for for an injury. what, what was his stat line? He uh, had, I think, 12 points. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, while you look that up, though, I did want to observe that. I don't know if it was just me, but he did look a little more, a little t- a tad bit more brolic. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, his arms didn't look as skinny. You know what I mean? I don't know if you noticed that. But, like, with that time off, like, rehabbing a calf injury, I wouldn't be surprised if he did put a little bit more extra time into the gym. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you make the most of his time. But, yeah, he looked good. You know? Like, 12 he had points. a nice, yeah, he had, a, he had one or two threes, right? Like, two. One of them was like, oh yeah. So one of them was like real far back behind the three point line, like when the shot clock, the shot clock was winding down, made it swish. You know, it looked like it would be a bank, but I think that's just because Obi got like that weird form, mm-hmm. like that extra arc on it. But he looked good. Um, he did kind of look like he was getting out muscled when he tried to get post position. You know, like a lot of times he'd do the spin, but he didn't have the strength to like spin towards the rim. He'd be like spinning out of bounds. A lot of these passes he was kicking out, but. Otherwise, yeah, main story of the game is quickly, easily, bro. Um, it's funny. Like, I don't know what, the, what broadcast you were watching, but on NBA TV, I think they had the, the Celtics people, right? I was watching Celtics, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. So remember how, like, remember, <laughs> facts, like, we'll get to that. But one <laughs> of the things that caught my eye was just like, oh, you know, Alfred Payton's been playing solid career high, but then apparently there's a New York controversy about this kid quickly, so I want to see him. They're literally midway through second quarter, they're like, oh, okay, we get it. <laughs> we understand why there's <laughs> yeah. a controversy here. I mean, I was like, okay, so they're not that dumb. So they see what we were seeing. And if, like, Brian, Brian Scalabrini, of all people, could figure that out in one half, then I know I know Tibbs knows what's going on. He knows, like, there's a reason quickly is gunning for that starting spot because he earned it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's really not much you can really say, say bad about his game. Um, when his floater is hitting... It really, I swear to God, it opens up everything about his game. And, I, like, you could see that. Like, his floater, I feel like, kind of was not as consistent the last few games. Um, but then today, it felt like he was making them back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, which opened up his passing, you know, made him more of a uh, threat. Eight assists, career high, I think, right, was was the note. Very so, short career, yeah. <laughs> tough. I mean, I, I, I doubt, I mean, I don't doubt that he'll pass that soon, you yeah. know. But uh, what's your take on RJ, though? I mean, I noticed he wasn't in your takeaways, but he had a nice stat line. Nice and 11, double-double. Yeah, you know? I mean, at this, I think, I don't know how many double-doubles he's had in his career so far, but it's always nice seeing it. Two steals, uh, three assists, and he did drop two threes. I think both of them were in the were both corner threes. I think mm. th- I think that stat line that he just put up, the, the 19, and I think he's averaging like 7-4, and four, um, those numbers are nice. You know, two threes a game, a couple assists. 
And I think one of the telling stats, actually, he went 7 of 8 from the free throw line. And I think mm. from his last three games combined, I think I don't want to make up a number, but he did take a lot of free throws, and he's only missed a couple of them. So that's always, always really good to see. And I think he's getting more and more confident in his shot. Um, nice. I, but I think this is kind of what we saw tonight is might be the best kind of version of R.J. Barrett we're going to get maybe this season. Uh being able to drop a couple threes. I think he's going to really open up his game more when he's able to dish it better. He's already, he already has that potential, but he and Toppin, I think that's something that will really elevate their game once they get better at dishing the ball and being not not necessarily Toppin, more so RJ being, you know, a better playmaker. Uh, Randall too. I think he's he's putting he's continuing the tour of his all-star level game, you know. Yeah, it's it's at this point where like him playing well is like a given now. It's not like it's like you could always chalk it up at this point. Like I, I feel like I don't want to jinx him, you know, like, this is still early on in the season, but it's almost at that point where you're just like, oh, you know what, we'll know Randall will bring it. It's just about who steps up otherwise, and we start quickly bringing off the bench. And to your point about RJ, like, a point I want to make, because he did have two nice, like, swishes from mm-hmm. the corner three, right? But aside from that, he wasn't taking any, other, any like, any threes from outside of those corner areas, I feel like. I like, may be off, but, like, that, that's how it felt watching. And I feel like after that bit, that like horrible shooting game where he was just bricking everything just chucking i feel like maybe tibbs had a conversation with him just said hey let's <coughs> rein it in let's emphasize what you're good at and these last two games i feel like especially rj's uh, tapered down on the three-point attempts and you know he's been trying to attack uh pass the ball better you know what i mean um so that's a good sign you know and a, a point mike breen made i think in that game against the nets with Doris Burke, he was just like, there's a thing about RJ where his demeanor, you can't tell if he's having a great game or a bad game. He's just even keel, you know what I mean? So I think that's, like, you're seeing it on on show. Like, a lot of times when a, a young player, I feel like, goes into a really bad shooting slump, the rest of his game tends to suffer. But, yo, RJ just put in 19-11 against the Boston Celtics. So, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm still confident in his potential, you know? Like, are you wavering in that? Because I feel like a lot of Knicks fans have kind of fallen off, right? No. I, you know... I, I think he's always going to be a good, maybe second best player, but I am wavering on a, a little bit on the potential of him being the guy on the team as like the number one best player on a winning team. I'm, mm. I, I am wavering just a little bit on that. Um, but it again, it's still very early in his career, and I could be entirely exactly. wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I see him as being maybe the second or you know maybe even the third best player on a championship contender kind of team. But he's playing really well. But you know, Randall's confidence is showing every game. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're noticing it as as much as I am. But you know, last year, <clears throat> whenever they'd struggle, you could see it in the body language. But this year, yeah. confidence is is off the charts right now, and he kind of has that. It's it kind of resembles RJ. You can't tell whether or not he's you know feeling happy, or feeling mad. Like he's he is confident, and if he's missing it, he's gonna you know keep hustling, and do what he needs to. Um, you you really see it when. Daniel Tice turned that ball over. It was about to go out yeah. of bounds. He threw it right to Randall. Randall dunked it. And he put his arms up like, you know, what up? <laughs> like, like what now? What you trying to do? I don't um, even think it was that. I think it's because he thought he got fouled and played before, which he did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So karma made it up when Tice. That was a dumbass play, bro. He looked right at Randall. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get it out of bounds off you. And Randall just good <laughs> right in the breadbasket. You know what I mean? Like, good ass Steve Nash kind of assist from Tice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, fuck Tice, by the way. Yeah. I don't know, just because he looked like a fake-ass Slim Shady out there. <laughs> you, you ever see um that movie, The Town, with Ben yeah. Affleck? With all the Boston, like, shaved-head mm-hmm. motherfuckers? Tell me not Tice looked like the sixth member of that, like, bank crew or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> he just looked like he was made to be Boston Celtic. But um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad that uh, that moment had happened, at least briefly. All right, but what you think about the Knicks right now? Like, overall as a team, they're 6-8 and eight right now, 14 games in. What's What are the real Knicks? Because we did see them lose five games in a row. None of them were really blowouts, really. I think there was maybe one game, from, I'm forgetting against two, but one that was kind of Denver. a blowout. Um, that Denver, Denver game was a blowout. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cavs game, you know, they lost by a couple points. That's a game that they should have won without the Cavs having any of their guards um, playing, but... You know what? What are the real Knicks at this point? What you, what you think, think? You think we we can still get into the playoffs or play in? Nah, I think playoffs has always been kind of a premature kind of talk with this team. I think we're exactly what our record says. We're six and eight, and I think that's perfectly mediocre. And for us, that's a major upgrade. Mm-hmm. Like, I I mean, from the very start, I felt like if this team is gonna be feisty like that and put up a fight and have a respectable record, it's gonna lean on their defense. And our defense looked really good today. Like we walled off the paint. We, you heard it mad times on the Celtics commentary team. Just like our length of physicality yeah. inside kind of was a deterrent to the Celtics like from attacking the paint. And they became a lot of, like, they really became a jump-shooting team. And their three-point percentage was pretty bad. Um, for a little while there, Jalen was killing us. You know, he was out there just looking like T-Mac. You know what I mean? Like, the, the shots he was making and shit. And, just, like, side note, the growth he's showing as a player, it's crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, the fact that Celtics have him and Tatum. But... Aside from that, you know, I feel like our, our offense did it, or our, not our offense, our defense did exactly what it should have. We walled off the paint, limited um uh, inside opportunities for them. We dominated the offensive and defensive boards. So, like, when we would make a stop, we would get the board to, like, finish off that defensive possession. We forced a lot of turnovers. We were active. And um, I think a lot of that early on was maybe the Celtics came in lackadaisical. Obviously, because we're the Knicks, you know, they, they come in, they think they're going to have an easy-peasy game. They got Kemba coming back. Like, he was just, like, talking shit after he had an and one. Like, bro, look at the scoreboard. Like, hmm. shut up. Like, shut your little ass up. Like, um, just watch a real point guard quickly come in and play. You know what I mean? Like, Kemba hmm. takes some notes, you know? Um, but regardless of that, though, I feel like our defense really came through. Um, aside from those moments Kemba and Jalen had. And I think that's going to be the key to every game. And I want to get back to the Celtics commentator. You heard Scalabrini. He's like, oh, I actually think... Mitchell Roberts is a terrible defender. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> what kind of take is that, bro? Like, what do you what did you think of that? What was your initial reaction? <laughs> I, it's like, I, as soon as I saw it, I looked for other streams because I, I stream all my games. I don't watch NBA yeah. TV. I'm like, all right, I got to get out of this fucking Boston shit. And then I kept, find, I kept looking for an MSG one, couldn't find it. And I just stuck yeah. it through. But it's like, how out of touch are you if you're watching all these games? You've been in the league for so many years. And Mitch was playing excellent defense throughout the whole game. Exactly. And there was that one nice uh, three, you know, three point block he had. I think it was on Kemba, um, mm. and he kind of hurt his arm afterwards. But that was that was a couple of minutes, you know, after Scalabrini said that garbage. But Yo, you know, what's even more beautiful of that though, just to stay on that, because he was trying to point out his pick and roll defense, like how weak yeah, it was. Yeah, and then I, I tracked his like Mitch's pick and roll D right after that comment. Three straight pick and roll possessions he snuffed out. You know what I mean? It was either a turnover uh, 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 and two misses. You know what I mean? I was just like, maybe that was true last year. Like maybe Scalabrini had that like um, memory of Mitch, but he hadn't seen Mitch so far this season that if he was coming in thinking that, because like I like we've been saying, Mitch has been our backbone on defense. You know what I mean? When we turn up on D, it's because Mitch is there, yeah. um, active and present, not fouling out. But yeah, he's, I think you had a point to look. He's like I, I rudely interrupted. No, no, no doubt. He. He's second in the NBA in combined steals and and blocks right after Miles Turner. Crazy. That, and yeah. I'm pretty sure Scalabrini was the one who mentioned that too. So I don't know where the hell he got that <laughs> stupid ass take from. But you know the Knicks actually held the Celtics uh, 15% from the three. They were, and sure. they shot they threw it up 46 times and they only made seven threes the whole game. 15%. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. It's and crazy. that's like, that's our D, you know what I mean? We're going to wall off the paint, make sure that your penetration inside. When our D is working well, their penetration ain't there, you know what I mean? So they, they we would open up the floor for these threes. We want them to take these shots. And even when they are throwing, like, throwing them up, our D, if it's on point, D, they're actively closing out, you know what I mean? There's always a hand in somebody's face. There's always somebody running at you. And as a shooter, even if you're wide open, if you see somebody like sprinting at you, that like kind of affects your concentration. You know what I mean? We all played ball, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's how our defense has worked. And we let them find kind of fire away. And to like, and then you see the numbers right now, you know what I mean? They wasn't making them. And that helps because they didn't have Tatum. I feel like a lot of those threes that they were wide open, Tatum would have splashed, you know, obviously. But, yo, I mean, we can't really talk about injuries like that because last game, fucking, the Cleveland was missing their backcourt and we got killed. We lost. You know what I mean? Andre Drummond was out there looking like Magic Johnson. Like, I don't get it, bro. When the hell did he get this skill to grab the board and, like, bring it up like he's a point guard? Is every big, like, like Jokic now? I don't get it. I'm just, every time we watch Cleveland, I'm just shocked by that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's back to this game. Fuck Scalabrini. <laughs> That's my last point. Let me put an exclamation on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think the philosophy and, like, the hustle and just the general game plan that Tibbs brought on. Happy birthday, Tibbs, by the way. I, I forgot how old he is. Nice. But, uh, nice birthday gift. Um, it was a big, you know, he, he got a nice W out of on his birthday. Um, I think the philosophy and the whole setup is there. I think it's, it's being imprinted on these guys. They just don't have all the right guys on the team. They just don't have shooters. They're, they're, they And you see in the last five, six games, they, they take good shots. They're playing smart. They just can't land all their shots because the team just doesn't have the talent. And uh, exactly, and the culture, but the culture is being built in, and we're seeing that every game now. And with the culture being built in, that's step one. Get the right guys is step two, and then step three, you start winning games more. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think it would be a bold move on Tibbs if like we get Burks back healthy. Mm. You know, a lot of people would probably expect maybe like I don't know one of the youngins to like maybe lose minutes, but if he takes Peyton straight out of the rotation when Burks gets back, and you have like a IQ starting, Rivers is the backup PG. Mm -hmm. We're going to have shooting everywhere. And the only bad shooter in those lineups would be our bigs and RJ, really. You know what I mean? And Toppin is to be seen. But you think about that. That could be a possibility, you know? Yeah. Um, I doubt it happens just because, um, say what you will, like Peyton has been there for both all our losses and wins. You know what I mean? Um, uh, he did play good defense uh, this game, I feel like. Or he wasn't actively terrible from what I could notice, you know? Mm -hmm. um so i think that he has his perks it's just like you gotta start iq bro and i think tibbs is kind of doing the old traditional coach thing where he's just like yo you'll play well but like i'm gonna keep you hungry by keeping you on the bench you know and iq is answering the call you know what i mean like he's coming in and doing what he needs to do and bro it's beautiful we better have a point guard bro um i was gonna say like recently i've been kind of noticing maybe he's not as good as attacking the rim but he's doing it now you know if his the, the, the path to the rim opens up when his floater hits, you know what I mean? And we saw his floater hitting, so he was getting easier penetration. He was kicking out, making beautiful passes, easy dimes, and yeah, I'm going to just keep gushing about this kid, bro. 25th overall pick, bro. People was pissed. People he's, were pissed we, pick, we picked him. <laughs> he's, not even a, he's not even that good of a finisher yet. Like Once he starts putting up more layups and doesn't have to rely too much on the floater, that's going to expand his game even more. I think, exactly. I think IQ had more assists this game than Peyton's had the last three games combined. Which is wild, because like, Peyton is like a bootleg Rondo. He's just like an assist hog out there. That's the shit that like people or box score watchers will point to. Like, oh, Peyton's not bad looking at me. He averages seven assists. And I was just like, do you watch the game? He, he Like, the rim is screaming for dear life when he shoots, because it might hurt him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're going to dent the rim. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess Peyton's here to stay. Like, we always keep mentioning he has a no-trade clause, so it is what it is. It's just hopefully, like, you know, it's not that IQ's not getting minutes. It's just, like, I'd rather see him be with the starters because it'll make the starters better and we'll have better starts instead of, like, making it a coin flip every time Peyton's starting. You know yep. what I mean? Because it could be, like, today where we start out with energy, our defense is there. Or it could be, like, the, the five-game losing streak where our offense is just so fucking bad with Peyton out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the next game that they're playing is against the Magic, and um, mm. don't know when that is. I think it's in. I think it's in two days. I think it's on Tuesday. No, it's tomorrow at twelve. Whoops, for MLK Day. Um, oh shit! Back to back. Okay. Yeah, twelve o'clock, and you know, minute distribution wise, I think RJ still played twenty nine minutes, and Randall still played thirty one minutes. Like that's, that's that's not bad compared to the average. You know, in a blowout in a blowout game, I don't think they needed to play any minutes in the fourth quarter. I thought Taj Gibson was was supposed to be in this game, so Mitch didn't have to play as much, but it looked like he wasn't in tonight. I mean, we solved one of the mysteries you brought up recently, though. With the, where was Dennis? Dennis was right there. He's alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Took him out of the basement. Was, <laughs> he had a crisp-looking haircut, too. garbage. Like he, he... <laughs> Bro, it's, and he comes in, and it's like, even in garbage time, when you have, like, when you know you're not getting playing time, when you it's imperative that you impress the coaches, he comes out just chucking now. Not even like trying to get to the rack aggressively. He's just like lazy, lazy dribble, boom, pull up. Like, bro, like, come on now. It's like they're like you trying to get some playing time. You trying to like at least uh, audition for other teams next year, or like you don't give a shit about this this sport. You know, like I don't know what's up with Dennis, and it frustrates me because I was the Dennis stand here, bro. It's just disgusting what I'm seeing from him. You know? Yeah. It's better. I mean, I don't know. It's not a lot. It's, it, I'm asking a lot in five minutes, but it's just like, you come on. Like, bare minimum, just like look like a competent point guard in your few minutes of playing time. Sad story, bro. Sad, sad story. Yeah, I think I uh, I didn't hear the last minute because my audio was getting fucked up like big time. No, so. it's all good. I was, just, I was just like opining about uh, Dennis Smith's career going down in flames. <laughs> like, I mean, I was just sad. And then, like, yo, for a second, for a hot minute there, I forgot we got him in the KP trade. And then the Celtics people brought it up. Like, Sal, like, oh, you know, got him in the Porzingis trade. They, they got him for Porzingis. I was like, oh, God damn, that's really true, isn't it? God. <laughs> we was hype. You know what I mean? That was my saving grace. I was on fucking vacation when I was texting you about this fucking uh, this trade. I was like, you know what, bro? At least we got Dennis. <laughs> you know, we're sad now. At least we have a point guard to build with. Was it two years later? And I, Dennis is about to be in China. Like the Shanghai Sharks is calling. All right. I think we're going to wrap up this quick edition on Sportscaster. Uh, again, make sure you follow us on, on all podcasting platforms. The rest of this episode will be available there. We're going to speak a little bit on the Cleveland game and just in Check general on what. Yep. On general, yeah, what's, on ex- on what's expected. Um, you know, moving forward. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show, and um, you know check us out on Sportscaster next Thursday. Uh, we bring a new guest for a segment we call Nickish at Night. We bring a new guest every week to talk about anything that's going on in the NBA and uh, the Knicks. If you're ever interested in joining us on our show, shoot us a DM on either Twitter or Instagram. Let us know, and we'll you know we'll put you on the list of guys or girls interested in being on the show. So until next time, take care. Um, have a safe weekend and, uh,
check us check out the rest of this episode on Spotify or iTunes. Peace. Peace. All right, and we're back with the rest of this episode. The first half, obviously, on Sportscaster. Boston Celtics loss against the Knicks by 30 points. Uh, we just applied <laughs> our reactions for it. And uh, we're here to just talk about uh, the Cleveland game because we didn't get a chance to really talk about it and um, just general shit about whatever's going on in the NBA. So um, Cleveland beat the Knicks by a couple of points. They didn't have Darius Garland playing. They didn't have Colin Sexton playing two of their main guards and we had lineups of like Nance Jr. and Drummond and whoever else, JaVale McGee, uh, just lighting it up against the Knicks. I think Drummond had like twenty five and fifteen. Um and the Knicks lost. Uh tell tell us tell us what you thought about that game. I mean if this if we had gone live right after that game and this Boston game didn't happen, I would have said it's scary hours for our team. Mm. Five straight losses. I would have said six in a row coming up. We had Orlando after that. I would I wouldn't have been uh, I wouldn't have doubted you if you predicted seven in a row loss. You know what I mean? Like the Boston Orlando game. But yeah, I mean now that we are here now and we just whooped Boston. By the way, we can't emphasize that enough. You know? Um, yeah, fuck Boston. Fuck you know? Boston. Just just generally. Yeah. Just, just general. Generally yeah, city, for you everything. Know, franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just just top to bottom. You know what I mean? Like the only thing they gave us is like the movie I shot right earlier, The Town. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and The Departed. That was also a really good Boston movie. But um yeah, the Cleveland game. I don't know, bro. I mean, I would have been depressed just off the fact that like they, they didn't have their starting backcourt. They started someone named Lamar Stevens who <laughs> just straight up looked like <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like a my 2K, you know, like a, a my player from 2K, you know what I mean? Like um and I don't know. Drummond just seems to have like a thing for bullying Mitch. Like yeah. he just gets up extra for like just uh, going against Mitch, and I think it's even greater than that. I think you know we was connected to Drummond for a while. You know what I mean? Like even the summer there was like rumors that we was going after Drummond, and we were wondering what that would mean for Mitch. And some people even said like maybe we would have traded Mitch over to Cleveland for Drummond. And now that they have Jared Allen, you know, back then I was like, why would Cleveland want Mitch if they have so many bigs? But they just traded for Jared Allen and they still have mad bigs you know what I mean so I would have believed that rumor I think there was something to that rumor I think Drummond wanted to be in New York hence like him going extra hard against us because we didn't pull the trigger on the deal you know what I mean so I think that just explains that he had like what a 30-20 game like they showed a list of all the people that had 30-20 and he's like up there with like Dwight Howard and shit mm-hmm. so chill I mean props to him honestly like a lot of people like give Drummond some shit because it looks like he doesn't try. But if this is him trying, this is him like effortless, then bro, it's scary if he ever gets a work ethic. Apparently, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. He's a he's a former All Star with Detroit, and uh, a lot of people speculate speculate it's probably out now that Jared Allen's on the team. But um, he's definitely gonna make it tough to trade him after after that game. Thirty three and twenty three, two blocks, and he took almost twenty free throws, which is crazy. Um, 13, 13 of 19 from there. And then you got, like, Chetty Osman, 25 points, shooting 20 oh, times man. against the Knicks, making 10 of them, making, making mm. you know, the Knicks, the Knicks made him look like an all-star. And it's, it's, it was embarrassing. Yeah, bro. And just Dotson, even early on, was just killing us a little bit. <laughs> My bad. I'm, I'm like, bugging it. out because I'm looking at the box score. I see D-Wade. <laughs> he would play two minutes on the Cavs. It's D-Wade. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as shit, bro. That's that's the thing. We lost with them playing somebody named Dean Wade, even if it was just two minutes. Like, are you kidding me? 
But, yeah, my point was just like, yo, Dotson came out looking like he was going to have a game. It, it ended up being Chetty or however the fuck his name is pronounced. But every time I see Dotson play now, and it could just be clips that are floating on Twitter, and I think his numbers look pretty decent too. Mm-hmm. I'm just mad we let him go, especially with, like, you see the kind of lack of shooting we have right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a trash thing. And I guess they probably wouldn't have been room for Dotson to play because, you know, we got Burks, Bullock, Rivers. You know what I mean? They're all two guards. We got two, three guards. We got RJ. But at the end of the day, it's just like Dotson was one of ours, and it just, like, my whole just thing with Dotson is this. He, like, if the franchise didn't give Frank a chance, they really didn't give Dotson a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At least Frank had the lotto pedigree that they could probably, like, lean on sometimes to, like, give him playing time. But Dotson, it seems like he never really, like, fit in anywhere with Fisdale, Miller. Um, the only person that really played him and, like, played him well, I think, was, like, Hornacek. You know what I mean? Um Actually, that's not no, true. I think it was Fizzle's first year. He had, yeah, yeah, Fizzle's first year. He had some pretty good numbers, and we were frustrated because a year later he didn't get playing time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, bro. I mean, it just sucks because I feel like he was given the shaft just because he was a fill pick. You know what I mean? Like so, and Scott Perry definitely did not want to keep him or play him. You know, and I looked it up. His agent, him and De'Aaron Fox, are the only two guys that have this one guy as an agent, apparently. So it's like, if we ever wanted to pursue De'Aaron Fox, even despite the Kentucky connections, I don't think we, he'd want to be here because him and Dotson seem to be boys, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently they work out all the time together because they share one agent, you know what I mean? And this guy only has two clients and it's just them, you know what I mean? So, fuck. Like, I would have loved De'Aaron Fox to demand a trade to us, you know what I mean? He would have been the perfect fit with our all-Kentucky lineup, you know what I mean? De'Aaron, IQ, RJ, Randall, Mitch, that... Nice lineup. You know what I mean? like three out of five Kentucky Wildcats, I think. Yeah, I love to have Fox. Yeah. Uh, he was annoying during the draft time, though. Like, draft, draft lottery, I don't remember. He posted some shit about the Knicks, and then all the Knicks Twitter came after him because he – it was some stupid shit. I, I don't even remember what it was, but he – it was it was just an unnecessarily stupid thing, but I mean Fox is a uh, because he was he plays for the Kings and you shitting on our yeah. franchise. I'm like, bro, you know what I mean? It didn't make any sense, but um um. Any other takeaways? Nah, it was just it was just a garbage game, and I think we would have doubled down and talked more about it had the Knicks lost today, but they didn't. Um, I think in this game, uh, IQ no River, Rivers needs to step it up a little bit. He was one of six. Uh, IQ actually played really well that this and in the Cleveland game, twenty three points. That was his career high, um, and he almost dropped I think twenty again today. Um, so, I gotta say something about Rivers real quick. Though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll let you finish. My bad, didn't want to interrupt. No, no, I mean, that's that's pretty much that. Alfred Payton wasn't obviously wasn't that good. Uh, Mitch didn't have a didn't have a great game. Randall played his usual self. Twenty, you know, twenty eight points, six and five, six and six, um, with a couple of threes. I think it was just it was just an embarrassing game to lose. And uh, yeah, I think Rivers had that one hot game against Utah, dropping fourteen. Since then, it just he just hasn't been able to you know be at least somewhat more productive um since that game so I don't, I don't know what's up with him i think what the thing like the thing i was gonna say about him is like after that game it just feels like up like up until that big game against utah i feel like he's he was playing in the flow of the offense he was getting his numbers based on like um ball movement you know what i mean the ball would find him because the clock would wind down and he would you know show out in those set in those last seconds where you need those guys when it's like the clock is dwindling um, defense is closed down. You need somebody that could drive in, kick it out, or just make make something happen. But the thing that I've noticed about Rivers is like ever since that game, I feel like he bought into his own press clippings and his own hype. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And just started like holding the ball more. You know what I mean? Kind of just um, 
stagnating the offense a bit. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's just like I saw that a little bit today. Like we would have some good ball movement going quickly. Rivers got the ball, and he would just like kind of like wave off a pick, try to like take him off the dribble, and it didn't go anywhere. And I feel like that's been the story the last couple of games with Rivers. He's just like he's not really kind of um, he's trying to do too much instead of like naturally what happened with the the Utah game. He was showing out because we needed him to show out. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he was like he grabbed the ball. He dribbled it for 25 seconds. It was like the ball found him, you know what I mean? Clock was uh, winding down, and he would just make a step back because he had to, you know what I mean? And I think, like, Rivers just has to get back to doing that. He's not a primary creator. He's a secondary creator that can, you know, show out and have some hot games, you know what I mean? I think that's what he needs to realize, and maybe Tibbs needs to sit him down and tell him that. Or, I'm, I'm, I mean, now that I think about it, would you be surprised if Rivers is out the rotation where Brooks is back? Like, Bullock is playing solid, you know, um, in terms of his role defensively. Would you be shocked? No, I, I would be surprised because he is still a leader on the floor, or at least in the locker room, and you don't want to upset a locker room leader because that's, that's his job, just to keep everyone happy. If he himself is unhappy, it's just going to make matters worse. And it feels like such a long time ago when Quivers was a thing uh, on Twitter. You, I, we haven't seen it in, <laughs> like, week. like, since that one game. <laughs> um, it, like, that, that hype went so fast, and it just sputtered. Um yeah, he just hasn't been playing well, but I think he's, once he lets the game come to him a little bit, he, there is a little bit more consistency on the court with who he plays with. Um, he'll he'll play better, but no, you're right. He needs to let the game come to him versus trying to play all his ISO, ISO shit, um, especially with Quickly coming out. And Quickly has been outperforming him night after night. And if you're letting the rookie yeah. do that to the vet, uh, or if the rookie's doing that to the vet, I'm sure Austin isn't feeling as great about it. I think Austin, I think it's just like him like kind of realizing that he needs to play more um, in control or in the flow of the game. I don't think he's worried about uh, quickly because they seem to be fans of each mm-hmm. other. I think Peyton is worried about quickly because oh, sure. anytime, anytime it quickly comes in and just kills it, I've noticed Peyton comes in and his play ticks up a little. He's a little more aggressive. He's a little more showy. There was this play in the Boston game where he was just like, he had mad like he had back to back hesitation dribbles and he like he had open and got himself free for a layup in the paint. He missed it of course, but <laughs> it is like a two million dollar move, ten cent finish. That's Peyton's career, you know what I mean? And I I like the the moxie he showed. He's like, Okay, he's he knows that uh, uh quickly he's coming to take food off his table. <laughs> you know what I mean? So but that ain't gonna change the fact that he don't have a jumper. So I don't know, I just don't wanna see Peyton uh, start anymore I, uh, I don't know uh, it's done <laughs> it's like since 2019 season till now it's I, I've had enough would, you know what I mean like at least yeah go ahead, go ahead no yeah I was gonna say with Burks coming back I don't think it's as important for quickly to be a six guy because with Burks out quick, quickly was that guy coming with high energy and start making baskets but Burks can do that now and that that was really the only reason why Payne would have to start because they just need to spark off the bench uh, but now yeah. Burks can come in and just fill that role and Knox has been doing that you know very well. I don't think he scored twenty points tonight, but he's still he's still shooting at a high clip, which is very very nice to see. Yo, and another thing I pointed out that was like encouraging to me, like Tibbs went ten deep um, this game. You know, um, Pause. I was actually shocked because I was actually looking at the court. I was like, wait a minute, there's no starters on the court right now. It was quickly. Um, I think it was Rivers, uh, Knox, Toppin, and then Noel. I was like, oh shit, ten deep, Tibbs. Okay, so like. That kind of makes it interesting because I would figure he'd stick eight to nine still for a while. Um, I'll let it fly. Man, that's applicable. Applicable. <laughs> Not gonna argue. <laughs> um, so then, with Burks coming in, it makes it interesting. Who's gonna drop out? You know, because Peyton. You know, I figured it'll be two. 
Payton, I mean, you would think, but maybe Bullock. But then again, I like Bullock's not shooting as well. But to a point I made when we had our show with Julio, I think Bullock's a good shooter, but we're expecting him to be a great shooter, mm-hmm. the type that can carry an offense, like how Reddick would at for a certain periods with the Sixers and how Clay does for the Warriors, where they would run him off so many like off ball screens and so many pin downs, he would just get going. But Bullock, it's like he's not that guy. I think he's better just being a spot up guy or like maybe here and there he could do that JJ Reddick shit, but we're expecting him to be like our Clay Thompson, even though he's just like a good, not great shooter, you know, and I think Burke's coming in. I don't know. I feel like that would be better for Bullock, but would, would it make sense to take Bullock out the rotation for Burks? What do you think? Would you do that, or who who do you think is sizing up to be out of the rotation? Because if we're going ten deep, you know, we can't go eleven deep. That's like kindergarten shit. I think it has to be Peyton, man, because the the Knicks three point temp wise, they're like close to the bottom of the league. I think they're twenty ninth or thirtieth. They're just not putting up shots because they don't have the shooters. Bullock at the end of the day is a shooter. Um, and there are games where he's not, he's not the the ball's not going in. But I think percentage wise, I'm pretty sure he's still shooting over 35, 36 percent right now. Mm. Uh, I could I could be wrong. I have it's not that I've checked. But uh, there was a season or two where he shot 40 percent. So he is a shooter. Peyton at the end of the day isn't. And when the ball's flowing and you know shots are being put up, I think percentage wise the Knicks are okay. But just attempts mm. wise, they're just not putting up shots. So you don't want to yeah. you don't want to get rid of one more shooter. You're already at the bottom of the league for that. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's got to be Peyton, but we think it's obvious, mm. That's but I'm trying to put myself in Tibbs' head, like, Peyton's still starting, you know, so like, it's it's tough for me to see, at least immediately, for him to, like, go from starting to just not in the rotation anymore, but it would make sense, because if you put quickly in the starting lineup, you got Rivers, Burks, Knox, Toppin, and Noel off the bench, maybe t- uh, Taj will come in for Noel at certain points, but Noel, I feel like, he had a good game today, I, I don't want to, like, say that he had a bad game, he hasn't been as good as we expected, but... He has to look actually terrible, at mm-hmm. least to me. Um, Mitch, Randall, RJ, um, Bullock, and IQ is a nice starting five. You got shooting. You know what I mean? You got three shooters. And I think just quickly being in that lineup will not only open things up for RJ, but it'll, it'll take a lot of pressure off Bullock being the one knockdown shooter in that starting lineup. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean by saying he's expected to be Clay Thompson, as in, like, his gravity is supposed to, like, carry our offense. That's Reggie Bullock, man. Come on now. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not Clayton Thompson the third. Like, is Clayton, is that his name, or is it actually just Clay? I think it's just Clay. Oh. Clayton's a much Clayton's cooler. with a C. Pretty much. Yeah, but, like, imagine if his dad named him Clayton with a K. That's gangster. <laughs> Because you've seen his dad's name. His name is Michael, but it's the weirdest spelling of Michael I've ever seen. M Y C H A L. That's like is that like J so like, Michael Green? <laughs> that's what I mean. So like, if it was Clayton with a K, would you be shocked? Like, look at his dad. No, not at this point, I guess. Uh, Obadiah. But yeah, still I mean, the Reggie, name. It, Obadiah. The fact that his dad's name is Obadiah and his dad's just like, you know what? My son's gonna be Obadiah as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you pass that on, bro? It's, it's uh. <laughs> You know, no, no knocks on, uh, no knocks on his uh, Obi and his dad, but I mean, Obadiah ain't exactly the easiest name for a small child to have, I'd assume, especially growing up in New York. I mean, we both, we we're all New York City public uh, school system kids. You know I mean, we know what it was like. Mm-hmm. Obadiah is like you just asking to be clowned. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, on some NBA news, we did see the debut of James Harden on the Nets. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit about it before we start recording, but ooh, 
triple-double in his first game, and a game where KD dropped 42 points. <clears throat> they destroyed, I forgot who they played. Um, they, they they won the game and no, with no Kyrie Irving, and they still kept most of the lineup. I mean, Karis LeVert, obviously, is a good player, but, you know, I you know prayers up for him because they found a small mass in his kidney, so they're not really sure what to do. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, and Jared Allen, obviously, is in, in the Cavs right now, so defense is going to be an issue, but... Good God, and he he looks fitter than he did in Houston. That that shit was a fat suit, bro. Yo, it had to be. I, I, I'm not even thinking that's a conspiracy theory. I did not think he wore one of those fucking fat pouches. Cause it's either that or just like I would chalk it up to him being an elite athlete. I wouldn't be surprised if he lost like twenty, like was it 15, 20 pounds in two days? Just fast hit the sauna and like do some cardio. I feel like an elite athlete can do that shit. You know what I mean? But also, fat suit makes sense. That seems like some James Harden shit to do. <laughs> Especially with that fucking, uh, that post-game interview he had where he just threw the whole team under the bus. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that definitely seems like a fat fat suit kind of dude. But, yeah, bro, like, my point was when we was talking offline, is it's like, yo, like, it's a big deal. But Harden showed out in his first game, triple-double, broke the franchise record for assists, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, reading the box score, and I'm just like, yo, quiet is kept. Like you said, KD had 42. Like, and that was like a... That was like a footnote to that whole performance, and that's without Kyrie. And they kept Joe Harris. They still got DeAndre Jordan. Um, I'm still highly skeptical. You could go back to our episode with Fulio at uh, Nikisha and I, but I'm still highly skeptical that DeAndre could be the backbone of any good defense. Harden, he's not as putrid as he used to be. He's a good, solid post defender, but Kyrie's never been good on defense. And um, KD, yo, he's, he's showing out right now, but... You know, um, on our last podcast, you know, uh, Fulio kind of like downplayed the Achilles issue. And so far, yeah, I mean, KD just looks like KD, but he's still a seven footer that's about to be 32 years old that just had like one of the worst injuries an athlete can ever have. You know what I mean? Like, and if he's going to have to carry the defense, because let's be honest, I don't I don't think DeAndre's that guy anymore. Um, at least he hasn't been for like three years. So we're going to count on Kevin Durant, 32 year old, ter- 32 years old, fresh off an Achilles to like be the defensive backbone i'm not saying he can't do it i'm just don't think he would last doing it you know what i mean but that's just me nitpicking because that offense is crazy <laughs> that is the craziest like fitting big three you've ever seen you know what i mean like what, what, what's your takeaway what, what, what are your general thoughts about what's going on with this in brooklyn brooklyn franchise i don't think sean marks can be done man i think kyrie irving is if i were sean marks i would try to find the best possible trade to package mm. Jordan and Kyrie and get a defensive center on the team. And you got in mind. I, I would have said a guy like Nurkic, but he's out. Um off the top of my head I can't really think of a guy maybe on the West who is good enough for a Kyrie Irving trade. Um Rudy Gobert to to um fucking Bogdanovich. Maybe like a first round pick goes to Brooklyn for DeAndre and Kyrie. Actually I think DeAndre's staying no matter what because if Kyrie's out of there, I think DeAndre's. I think DeAndre's a dude that like in the, he's the dude in the crew that always has a good like good bud. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so they always keep him around. <laughs> I think that's why he's cool with everybody. You see, you know, DeAndre gets dap from every superstar, and they hug him like he's a long lost uncle. Yeah. So I'm like, there's got to be something to that. <laughs> it's either he got the best bud, or he's the dude that hooks it up with the best girl. Sure. You know what I mean? Like he's that guy. It's it's either one or the other. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, not maybe not Gobert because Kyrie and Mitchell won't fit well. But maybe, maybe the Pacers. Maybe they're willing to give up Miles Turner and and another player in, in return for Kyrie Irving because Malcolm Brogdon doesn't have to be the one. He could play the two, and he's really good. And they have Ari Sabonis there. T- Turner isn't playing 
you know, to his max potential. Maybe he's not too happy about it. I don't know. That's just speculation. But uh, maybe the Pacers and the Nets want to do a trade, and Kyrie Irving is maybe. is an anomaly. I don't think he's going to get a big return because no one knows when what's going on in his head, and the Pacers might be willing to make that proposition. I'm smirking just because like just the prospect of Kyrie getting traded in Indiana, that dude's gonna retire right away. Before <laughs> before they even have the press conference, you know what I mean? Like not even he'll show up to the introductory press conference. He's like, it's with a heavy heart that I retire from the game that I love. <laughs> just because he got to Indiana, you know what I mean? Like I don't know because apparently I don't know if this is legit, but I did hear like some rumors that um, you know they made the Harden trade um with or without Kyrie in mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like if like they like from what I heard like one of these reporters on twitter that's not affiliated with a big network it's like a local news sports network so those guys tend to be hit or miss with their info but he was saying how like the uh um Kyrie's prepared to uh sit out the season or some shit like that or and the nets are ready to go through the season with or without Kyrie, something along those lines and i'm just like could they really do this because i know i feel like from fans perspective harden and kd are closer could they really trade Kyrie? I think so. You know what? I could see it happening. Yeah. I, could, I don't know, bro. It's crazy things have happened, but I think they'll give it a shot first, the big three. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's crazy to say that in Brooklyn, Kyrie's now the outcast. Like In Brooklyn, everyone's welcome. He's officially now the outcast in Brooklyn. And I think it's always very unique for you know sports analysts to call for the retirement of a player. But I think, I think Stephen A., for whatever you want to see him as, he's still a big personality. I think Charles Barkley both. They they're like Kyrie Irving should retire, and that's not something that that's ever really said. I, I've, that's the first time I ever noticed, you know, someone telling a per, a player in his prime that he needs to retire. Um, so <laughs> I, I think there might be some some truth to what Kyrie's future is going to be like, and whether basketball is going to be a part of it. Um, but I think right now there's they're showing every bit of proof that all you, if you have James Harden, Katie on one team, that's the recipe, and you just need a defensive yeah. guy there to just put it all together. Kyrie Irving doesn't doesn't seem like a fit on that team to, in my eyes. That offense is crazy though cuz like what I mentioned earlier about them being the best fitting big 3. Like obviously you have two MVPs, two scoring champs, and then Kyrie Irving, mm. you know what I mean? And the thing about all the other big 3s, I mean before Golden State, but I feel like when big 3s got together, it was kind of like, all right, how would they exactly fit? Like Pierce, Ray Allen and uh, KG Ray Allen had to sacrifice a lot of his game. He was more of a creator before he got to Boston. He just straight up became a spot-up guy. Um, the Bosch, the, the Bosch got LeBron, D-Wade thing, it was kind of a rough fit because Bosch was the best shooter there. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, LeBron and Wade weren't known as knockdown shooters yet. So they really had to adjust how they played. And the adjustment was LeBron handles the ball, Wade becomes more off-ball, and Bosch becomes a stretch big, and you know we saw what happened. They create a small ball. Golden is- they had to create a whole new they- system. Exactly, and then with Golden State, small ball, they took it to the next level by having a playmaking five, and then KD was just fitting beautifully with Clay and Curry because of why? Because of shooting. If you have shooting, you don't really worry about offensive fit. And what do we got right now? Harden, Kyrie, KD, they all are a walking bucket. Like, they could pull up from anywhere behind the three-point line and make that shit inside a three-point line. They're all three-level scorers. You know how rare that is? That's crazy. Like, they're elite at the rim, elite in the mid-range, elite outside, and I don't know, bro. It's like it, the only thing that's going to really derail them is going to be chemistry, injuries, obviously, especially with Kyrie and uh, KD involved. But, yo, Harden, like, just being in a – when I see him, seen him in that Brooklyn Net jersey, I was like, this is surreal. This is more surreal than KD and Kyrie because for a while, 
You know, we thought KD and Kyrie were out of their respective situations. We thought they'd be Knicks, mm-hmm. but, you know, it wasn't a stretch to see them go to another team like Brooklyn. We weren't shocked when that happened. We were just disappointed as fuck. Actually, we were shocked, but it was like, yeah, we were in the back. It was in the back of both our minds. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think for weeks up until that point, Kyrie had decided he'd go to Brooklyn. You know what I mean? So you and I were just like, okay, we'll just get K- KD then. Kind of like kidding ourselves. But Harden straight up being in Brooklyn, six months ago, I would have been like, yo, you drunk as shit by telling me this is a possibility. Why would that happen? You know what I mean? So I don't know, bro. It's like one of those situations. The NBA is rare. In terms of the leagues, you know what I mean, where they can make you feel like yo, this shit is a video game. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I don't know, bro. There's just so many mixed feelings about that, you know. And the East is is crazy now. The Atlantic Division is insane now for for next couple of years. It's gonna be hard for mm-hmm. the Knicks to even be good anymore with with so much competition in the East now. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see. I think to come 2022, Kyrie's probably not gonna be on this team no matter what happens. I, I I'm a put that prediction out there in 2022 at this time next year he's not going to be a net what if he uh what if in 2022 he opts out he comes to us i i don't even know if i want that guy, man. i mean he's talented but it's just so much like <laughs> unnecessary drama and he's not like yeah. he's gonna be like what 30 i don't know i don't even know how old the guy is anymore but with injury history yeah i mean then again if kd opts out in 2022 and he wants to come here like, yo shit bro come on like you seven feet tall and you got a jumper like you you play until you 40 like fuck that get over here <laughs> like get randall the hell out of here play randall at the, at the three i don't know like do something but if kd wants to be here he'll be here um <laughs> but yo i want to make a note about Kyrie. he's kind of he's been doing some dickhead shit he's moving like a dickhead but um did you hear jackie mcmullen on the bill simmons podcast no like the controversial shit she said no, what she said she was saying about how she was recalling a conversation with Kyrie. And um, she was saying how, like, her and Kyrie going back and forth about the draft. Kyrie was saying there shouldn't be a draft. You know, like, it, it, uh, players should be allowed to pick where they come come play in the league. And it, and he did, he was against the draft because it treats players like property. And Jackie Mullins like, no, you guys are property. You got, mm. She said that to a black man. Mm. You know what I mean, and she just went on, like, without skipping mm, a beat. Damn. Damn. You know, and she was saying that in a podcast with fucking Bill Simmons. We already know how he leans. And Ryan Russillo, Mr. Oh, yo, I, you know, guys, I voted for Trump because of tax cuts. Like, fuck Russillo. You know what I mean? Like, any tweet he puts out right now. I used to like his shit, but any tweet he puts out right now, you see in the comments, it's just like, yo, so how are them tax breaks looking? It was like literally the day after the fucking Capitol riot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so, yeah, I mean, Russillo had some good content, but, like, it's very awkward in, like, three fucking old mid 40s and up white people are like talking about black nba players and just been like yeah you know what Kyrie's property jackie mullen felt comfortable to say that like out loud and they felt comfortable enough to fucking put that out on spotify of all places and then simmons was just like at a certain point in the podcast he was comparing nba players to dogs and he's like oh not to compare nba players to dogs but i'm comparing nba players to dogs like, it was just all around, like, some fuckery. I didn't even listen to the whole pod. People posted transcripts and, like, clips, audio clips. And I'm just like, wow, they really did say this, huh? <laughs> Yo, just the, the, the Caucasian race is just bold now, bro. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of what Scalabrina was saying today. He was calling them all. I mean, this isn't, I don't think this is as bad, but he was calling them all investments. And he's like, um, no, no, I, who, no, it wasn't Scalabrina. It was somebody else. I forgot might have been some other Knicks content creator I was watching. He's like, you know, I hate to say this, but they are investment prop. They are, they are investments, um, and you want to make sure you're yeah. taking care of them, and that's why it's okay for Mitch to be able to play out because you want to make sure he's taking care. Of. So that's not as bad, but yeah. um, and like even still, that's like Kyrie Irving, yeah, yeah. I see, I see what you're getting at because as much as he talks shit about the media, they don't give him like they keep talking. 
They keep fucking up, and it's like... Yo, exactly. They keep... That's the thing. I want Kyrie to be wrong, but he's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are moments where he's just like, the media just be fucking up. I was like, yeah, you know what? Kyrie's being a dickhead, but can you blame him when y'all are saying this shit? You know what I mean? Just boldly, but not to inter- interject, but like, yeah, it was just wild that shit, this shit happens, and they prove Kyrie right every time. It's like the fourth you know example I mean? of this shit. Like, Woj, obviously, you know, a couple of months back, Barkley even was saying some stupid shit, and this is right yeah. after... Um, Kyrie say he doesn't want to talk to the media. Like they're giving him every reason to not want to talk to the media because they keep spewing all this dumbassery bullshit. And it sucks because Kyrie, when he's like comfortable in a media setting, he's just talking about the game and just like his thoughts on the game. He's he's a good to listen to. I'm pretty sure Kyrie was on a Simmons podcast like uh, a year into his the Celtics tenure. I'm pretty sure, and it was like a good listen, you know. Um, and the very fact that, like, we probably won't hear that anymore, especially after this bullshit, is kind of wild. But, yeah, these people have it coming. Like, come on now. You can't be saying that in 2021, especially with what's going on in the mm-hmm. world. Like, it's, like, yo. How tone deaf I, can you be as a reporter and an analyst? Yo, and, and the thing is, I, I like Jackie McMullen up until that point. Great writer. She's been writing for the Boston Globe or, like, with it, about the Celtics for a minute. She's, she always has great, like, historical nuggets. Um, she has a, I, her eye for the game isn't bad, but like, yo, she canceled. Like, it's, it's team Doris Burke all day. You know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm gonna have an old middle-aged white lady giving me NBA content, it's gonna be Doris. Be Doris like, from day. now on and forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just needed to mention that, because that was, that was flagrant, bro. It's rare to see a fuck-up like that that's so, so flagrant in the media now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, fuck. wild. Um, on some other NBA-related news, Cat man carl anthony oh, towns man. such it's it's a fucking heartbreaking thing to happen especially to a guy like him who lost his mom to covid now has covid himself so you know prayers up to Kai. i know you know he's been playing strong he's been going through it this season um and for him to come down with covid right now it's it's really sucks to see most def i mean i echo the same thing you said because that's not even just he lost his mom i think he had said he lost a lot of other relatives yeah. to covid too. yeah so that's just Bro, and I'm just, I'm still going back to the fact that COVID is still like an unsolved kind of mystery in terms of long-term effects. Because right now, like, you know, we mentioned previously in our, one of our episodes, it's like the people that are asymptomatic and survive COVID, their lungs and hearts are just fucked. Like, literally fucked. Somebody, I saw a study get released or some shit. Like, I, I got to find the link, but it was from a legit source saying how, like, COVID lungs, like, lungs of people that, like, survive COVID actually look as bad or worse than, like, smokers' lungs. Lifetime smokers' lungs. Damn. Dog, Damn. I don't know. I don't know where this lab was mutated. Where this fucking virus is mutated? What lab? But like, this is some straight out of like Marvel Hydra shit. You know what I mean? Like, tell me not Hydra would release this shit and Cap would have to go fight the Red Skull or something to save the world. I don't Speaking know. Speaking of Cat, he uh, Cap, <laughs> he's uh, he's he might be reprising his role as Captain America. Shout out to Chris Evans. Apparently. Cri- Apparently, yo, shout out to Chris Evans, but apparently Chris Evans said that's that's Cap. Fuck. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> I don't know. He, he tweeted something like, yo, that's news to me. But I don't know. I feel like these Marvel dudes, they're always, like, slick about it. You mm. know what I mean? They got to until it's announced. So. It's like one of the that one good dope, things though, we shit. have in this world right now is just Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yo, WandaVision was a good show for those that didn't check it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to give Disney any plugs, but they're fucking Disney, so they don't need our plug anyway. But, yo, check that out if y'all haven't. It's, uh, I highly recommend uh, doing your favorite drug of choice. Not that I do that, you know, but, like, if you if you got uh, got some acid on hand, definitely watch that episode. It'll freak you out. 
<laughs> oh, so I've heard. I don't know because just watching it sober was uh, was wild, bro. I see. <laughs> Weird ass show. Weird ass show. But um, yeah, I think that that about wraps it up for our episode yeah, today. Bro. Unless you got some remaining thoughts. No, um, Knicks play the Magic tomorrow. I think it's fair to say that the Knicks. This is a game that the Knicks should win. Um, mm. the the Magic are coming off a loss against the Nets, but you know Markel Fultz is out for the season. Uh, Vucevic is playing really well as he normally does, a very underappreciated player. And uh, but it, but it's it's the Magic. They're not they're not that good of a team. And the Knicks just you know whip Boston's ass, so they should be able yeah. to carry the momentum right into tomorrow and play. But the only thing that might Facts. get in the way is fatigue. But a lot of the players got enough rest because it was a blowout game. So I, I I'm not expecting that. Um, they they with the Magic are without Jonathan Isaac too. Yeah. That'll be a help. I mean, he hasn't really played all season, but um, I remember he's he's a monster on defense. And I mean, I'd watch out for Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony coming in and try to ball out against the team that uh probably he wanted to get drafted by. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, he apparently has been having a solid uh, rookie season. I've seen some clips here and there, some highlights. He he looks like exactly what he's uh, supposed to be doing, just coming off the bench or at least coming off the bench when Fultz is healthy and just bringing some injury energy. So. I wouldn't want to say that we're going to come in and win this game, but I think it'll be close just because Steve Clifford is a, another Van Gundy uh, disciple, so he's probably very familiar with Thibodeau and what Thibodeau has up his sleeve. So it could be close, surprisingly close, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously open for the dub, but otherwise, you know, MLK Day, bro. I know you don't got off. Nope. feel very bad for you, brother. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, just as MLK wanted. I'm going to be watching basketball, paying respect to his name. You know? That's right. That's just my Monday plan. <laughs> all right man um to those of you guys listening please make sure you follow us on all podcasting platforms and all uh social media platforms instagram and twitter at nickish show uh make sure you tune in this thursday for another edition of nickish at night where we're bringing a new guest every thursday at eight o'clock live only on sportscaster uh make sure you check out the homies at nothing but nicks uh and um NBK fam, shout out. Yep. You know what I mean? We are the NBK fam. We had a uh, Julio on, and looking forward to many more. Julio, bro, uh, not Julio. Julio. <laughs> the very fact that like you had to correct me and say like, no, it's not Julio, it's Julio. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, original, unique name, man. But yeah, shout out to him. He was it was a fun guest, fun episode. If y'all haven't checked it out, definitely go back on our Sportscaster page and tune in and watch that before we have our Thursday up. You yep. know what I mean? All right, guys. Until next time, take care. Uh, shout out to the Knicks for today's dub. And um, we'll see the Knicks again tomorrow. Make sure you check us out. We probably have another episode dropping before Thursday. Uh, until next time, take care. Peace. Peace.